I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have just an amazing human being. She is so full of a lot of, uh, I think, reformed thinking <laughs> as far as Christianity. It's Teresa Deadman. She's a creative director of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and she oversees all the creative arts department and the school, um, has been on staff of the School of Ministry there as well. But she uh, instructs on worship and expression and arts and in churches and events, and she speaks nationally and internationally at conferences, equipping and activating people in the prophetic and healing ministry, and it's amazing what she's been doing for over the last 25 years, seeing transformation through the arts. Teresa and I uh, have been friends now for a long time, and I feel like we've helped each other on our journey of seeing what art can do in a moment and tell, you know, one story can be worth a thousand sermons, one song can be worth, you know, 25 worship expressions, you know, it's just amazing what can happen through the context of a picture, you know, I think of Hiroshima and how and one day we were losing the war, and in one day they released a picture of these guys carrying the American flag up. Some of you remember that photograph in America, and they were carrying the American flag and getting it, pulling it back up again, and it rallied the entire, you know, energy of the nation to be believing that we could win, believing that we were going to be okay. And there's these moments in time like that that the arts define our faith, our courage. They define healing. They define all these things. And being around Teresa has been a catalyst for me because she's unlocked so many people. Like she's done mentoring and training both one-on-one and in mass groups. Thousands of people have gone through her trainings and equippings. I met artists all over the world of different types, models, artists, fashion designers, chefs, all these types of people who've been impacted by Teresa because, and they've had before and after moments with her because she's helped them to see what they're doing in the light of the gospel and in the light of Jesus and carrying his virtue and nature and everything they're doing. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this. Even if you're not a creative person, there's some stories on here, you guys, that are amazing. How arts can affect government, how the prophetic has directed her to take brave new choices that have caused nations to be changed for real, cities to be changed for real. So you're going to love these stories. I want to share with you a couple things right before that. We do have my new book, Modern Prophets, is out. And we're trying to restore dignity to the prophetic movement so that people will think about, before I make a major decision, I want to hear God. I want to be around people who hear from God. I want to actually see what God can do, what God will add to the equation of this transition, this decision, this crisis. And uh, this book helps you. It has starter models, applications. But we're doing a lot of these resources for you, the listeners, to actually go on a journey, not just be inspired by the people you're hearing, but to do what they're talking about, to actually, in your own world, hear God in powerful ways. Like I hear God powerfully, but I also impart to other people the ability to do that. And I also expose them through things like this podcast to actually go on this journey. So I'm going to encourage you to go on the journey. You can listen to these two offers and then we're going to go right into Teresa Deadman's uh, interview. It'll be great. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Audience. I have a new book out called Modern Prophets. And I wrote this book specifically to give a theology, but also practical application for how to apply the gift, the ministry, and the office of the prophet into your life. So this is people who have the gift of prophecy, which is all believers. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, go after love like your life depends on it and eagerly pursue prophecy. And prophecy proves love. 
Then there's the prophetic ministry, people who carry this into their church, into their sphere of influence, into their business, their workplace, and they just consistently are carrying the times and seasons what God's doing in those places with people or with industries. Then there's prophets, and how do we apply a modern-day prophet to today? And I'm giving you not only the theology of why it's a big deal to understand the prophetic and how you can engage this incredible gift set in your life, but also I'm giving you a lot of starter models and uh, practical application for how to do this. One of the things I love right now is that God wants to bring dignity back to the prophetic. There's billions of dollars going to the psychic medium industry because prophets have not risen up. People have not risen up with the true prophetic gifts to hear God's voice. God has an original intention over all things he created, and we get to see his intention, and we get to call it forth on the earth right now. So this book's going to help you do that. It's available in bookstores all around the world right now. It's in several languages, Modern Prophets. Get yours at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon.com, or BullsMinistries.com now. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing a podcast together. I'm on with Teresa (laughs) Deadman, one of my favorites. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, Sean. I'm so excited to be here. Are you kidding? Like, How many years have we done stuff together? And you just so inspire me year after year. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I know I just gave Teresa's bio, but... Teresa is just one of my friends who've given me courage and creativity to explore what the prophetic looks like in the context of all creative arts and creative industries. And we've done these events together. She's the mother of, I've just contributed, um, called the School of Creativity at Bethel Church in Redding, California, where she's on staff, part of the team there. And we've done these events now. I think we've done, have we done five or six? I think we've done this, yeah, six, and we're going to do one we're in do May this seven. year. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've done a bunch of it, and we've brought entertainers and worshipers totally. and artists and fashion designers. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy, all the people who come. And people just have an encounter with each other and with God of just what's yeah. available. And I mean, you do way more than just that. But that's our context for each other as far as we've built year after year. And I, it's gotten better every year. Like, I look at it sometimes, and I've gone to Fashion Week, and I've gone to – you know, I go to everything. I go to, I've, I go to, you know, I used to go to an event every two times a week, you know, whether it's a mm-hmm. premiere or whatever else. And I love going to this because I feel like what you feel with excitement when you're at like a new launch of a product or something, but yeah. you feel it because the kingdom, you feel it because the anointing that's there in these people's lives and it's excellent. It's not cheesy at all, which I love. I know it's, it's the way it should be. And the fact that creatives are in church is huge and yes. that they're, creating and they're starting to find their destiny in every kind of walk of life it's just crazy I I was like I think you were there in 2011 and this one person who has a restaurant here in Reading now she just opened up her second her second place here she came here and she was here at the school of creativity and she went to a workshop on that hey culinary is part of the kingdom and and we can prophesy and we can like be prosperous and we can see things move. And so from that, she got, she came, she moved to Reading and now she's launched two, di- yeah, two restaurants. Wow. And it's all, it's all about just what we can do to bring the kingdom of God through, through culinary, through food. So it's crazy, Sean. It's just no, it insane. is. I mean, you're kind of rebranding people's identity, not just the people who are creative, but people who participate with creativity rebranding their courage and their participation with these things that God created all this so that we can know him and enjoy him and enjoy each other. And you're, you're, you're giving people the permission, I would say 
to explore their heart with God, hear God powerfully in their industry or in their ministry and do something that's a different result than they would have had if they hadn't been exposed to this permission or this faith for this whole God, the creator realm. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy good. And it, it it's crazy because it's also helping people that are believers to understand that God's just not in a box that I just don't hear him when I'm in church. But man, I hear him about this recipe. I hear him when I'm like on the set and I'm a model or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy the level of favor that we can all have because we just know that God is in a good mood and he's designed us to create. Absolutely. Crazy. And that's what I love about you is you're so outside the box. But you've always thought we share in common. We, we share the theme of transformation, seeing the world transformed. You've always yeah. thought this way as long as I've known you. I've known your son, Chad, uh, since, I don't know, 2003 or four or something. Mm-hmm. And I met you guys right after Chad. And you guys have all, as a family, you raised Chad in such a catalytic way to see, you know, I mean, his whole thing is like he goes out there like the ultimate evangelist, but he doesn't even know he's an evangelist in the sense of like he just naturally, supernaturally oozes out God and will yeah. talk to anybody. But how did this all start for you as far as feeling kind of assigned to creativity? What what was the big turning point or tipping point for that? It's a great question. I, I felt like I was in a sense, and I feel like everybody that's listening can understand. I think that you're always set up from birth. Like Jeremiah talks about that he was set apart from birth. And I feel like coming from a creative home, coming from a mom who is an artist and is a creative in every realm of music and dance. And she, she wrote dramas, etc., and also had a heart for God, but also a heart for, for transformation within culture. And so I really grew up with an understanding that, that God is limitless, but also that, that the story that he weaves about who he is, is so much broader than just being in a church or hearing a sermon. And so I think that that, in a sense, prepared me for the call that God had on my life. And then, gosh, it, it was in 2002, we, Kevin and I were, were pastors, my husband and I were pastors in a church with Chad and our, our daughter in Huntington Beach in Southern California. And we were doing creative stuff to let people know about Jesus in the inner city with like changing songs to lyrics that would tell of the story of God that everybody would know that everybody would know. And then we would do like all different kinds of stuff for kids, for adults in relatable things, because, you know, creativity is so relevant to culture. And so people would come and they would want to know more and then they would want to give their lives to Christ. And then they would want to know more about why are you doing this? And then we could share in a a deeper way. And, so that happened, but it wasn't until 2002 when we moved up to Bethel and we began to explore the prophetic and healing that I think I really got a taste for where I was headed. And then someone prophesied over me at a leader's advance, which was a conference that we do for leaders coming from around the world that I would lead an arts movement. Wow. And so I, I think it was really a, a second year student in our school of supernatural ministry that almost turned on the green light of saying, oh, I think this would be important and would be a part of the call that God had. And then the year afterward, Chris Valentin asked me to head up all of the arts at Bethel and in our school of ministry in 2003. And I came on staff helping to oversee second year and then also heading up the arts. So that's where I think I was given like, you know, you call the magic wand. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I was giving something where it was definitely bigger than I was, and I began to introduce hearing from God into people going out in the marketplace through creative ways to transform culture. So in a sense, I brought in risk. I brought in cultural understanding of how to reach people. And then I added in them hearing from God. And then we just saw incredible miracles happen, both in the church, but also out in the marketplace. Well, and that's what I think is interesting because there's maybe a, a creative director who's listening or something, or maybe there's pastors who are like, oh, I want to let people paint on stage, which is beautiful and part of what you guys do. But there's something about it that you became a catalyst for saying, we shouldn't just have healing in our healing rooms. We should paint with healing pictures and put them in hospitals. We shouldn't just have totally. justice themes. We should line the hallways of the courthouse with our justice paintings and do you know, offerings for that. We should do monuments in our city. We should do, we should be part of the city's identity and help brand our city. And I think people don't realize like that there's an art budget in every city and that they're looking for people who carry the DNA and they're looking for people who carry the hope, the message of hope for the city. And you guys have done everything from what I just mentioned to, I mean, I remember when Bethel church made the videos, uh, that was like the, the tourist video for Reading, California. They asked you right. a team. Yeah. I mean, like there's been so much creative expression and now there's a school of the arts that has come out of you right. guys. And like that yeah. it was in your womb and it came out of you and it's like, it's appealing to the whole community, not just the church. And I mean, it's, it's phenomenal where I think a lot of people, they get stuck in, okay, we're just going to start a drama troupe and a little dance team for the stage. You thought we're going to actually bring something, cultivate something and see our, our city change. And then also see nations changed with this, which I want to highlight that because I think a lot of people who think of the arts, as kind of like a niche thing you do off the side of worship versus this is actually one of the main tools God's given us to create everything he needs to bring transformation. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. There's it's, it's like, you know, here you have a tragedy with all the car fires that happened up in the Reading area, which everybody in the Reading area was, was in smoke or had a house yeah. burned or had yeah. friends that did for 30 days. I mean, it was crazy the level of trauma that people went through. And here, like, I was able to orchestrate a team that went into find out who the people were that were the the people that the city wanted to honor that did things behind the scenes during the car fires to transform people's lives. And then we did their portraits, we did their bios, their, their photographs. And there's an exhibit of 30 of these heroes hanging up at city hall. Wow. And so we just had the mayor came in, uh, two of the news stations broadcasted it. I was on the news talking about it. And so on last, last, I think it was January uh, the 25th, we had about 800 people come down there and just see these people that that were a part of healing and the part of saving Reading in so many different ways. And it was crazy. Like, wow. like one woman took 87 animals from Turtle Bay, which is our, our animal park for kids. And we're talking about like snakes and a bobcat and skunks and badgers and took them to her home for 10 days because wow. the fire was going to hit Turtle she Bay. She had Noah's Ark. She did. She had Noah's Ark. She totally did. We we had one lady named Brandy Merkel who worked for Holiday Inn as a sales and marketing director. And these fire trucks were pulling up. Okay, can we just sleep in our cars? She goes, absolutely no way. I'm turning in the ballroom into a dorm room. She's she I think she I think it was 150 firemen that she helped to get lodging. 
she she found out that they needed their clothes washed. So she had um, on social media she got fifty people to do a hundred loads per day for thirty wow. days. Oh my gosh! And then she what also did gift. free massages. Yeah, and this is just people like everyday people that we get to celebrate with in a kingdom way. That's in a non-religious event that transformed the city. I mean, we had the the police chief there. The mayor gave an address. There was. So many people honored, people that lost their lives, their families came as well. And so, you know, you wonder, oh, what can, what can we do as Christians? Wow. Well, there's a lot we can do if we find out what the city needs, not what we need. And we see what we can do to be part of that journey of healing. Well, and I think of like um, Bethel Music, and I, because, and I know it's not directly related, but how songs that Bethel Music has, has written and sung will go into like a denominational church who doesn't believe in the culture or the theology of Bethel, right. but it'll go in there in a hidden way. They'll start, that'll be their primary song. They'll sing where you go, I'll go, what you pray, I'll pray, Lord, what you say, yeah. I'll say. And they don't even have theology for that, but they'll sing the song because they get they get connected spiritually. And so right. maybe the message can only go to 1% of 99% of the places that the music's going. Well, art's right. the same way in culture. It's like we were, you guys were able to help the city have a moment with what, the goodness of what manifests in people's hearts for the city. And it created a transformational moment that, that, and a celebratory moment that that's what the arts are for is to build connection. Right. And, and so much of the stuff that you've told me stories about, which I'd love to hear some more of the highlight reel are those stories that have caused people to see the goodness of God and, the, and connect to principles that they couldn't go to church and get cause they're not there yet or they're not in yeah. a place, but they, but they can, enter a kingdom moment because of what you're doing through the arts, which I think is just phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's true. It's like Brene Brown in her book, Braving the Wilderness, I think it came out in 2017. But in it, she talks about that people, in, in it, just as a sociologist and as a historian, they're looking for a, some sort of a an event that will define a, a, a collective like moment where they all sing that same remember when we sang that song from that concert from this yeah people are looking for a collective moment and that's the beauty of creativity is that brings everyone together and they remember that moment and with the car fires I, everybody knew where they were at when the car fires yeah. broke out and it became like overwhelming and it's like they needed another moment where everybody could find out oh there's healing there's people that that really did make a difference. Somebody wrote a song called Running Strong for it on my team. It's like we created a moment where they could actually see hope hope over overwhelm the darkness, overwhelm yeah. the ash. And that's the beauty of what can happen because, because we're a part of the solution. We're the reconcilers. Absolutely. And tell me, give me a highlight reel of a couple more of the stories where you've seen art do that to bring transformation. Oh yeah, sure. There's been so many. I, I think that some of the stories that that ring true are the the times like I know like we had here in our city we had what was called a um, a ten year anniversary, and so the city called me and said, "Hey, we know that you head up the arts in Reading," and I go. Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't know I headed up the arts in Reading, but you know, I'm, I guess I'm part of a team that helps out, right? I have a lot of artists, I have a lot of people. And they go, well, we're putting on this event and it's our 10 year anniversary of the Sundown Bridge. Could you like get a flash mob or some sort of a, a thing together because we're having an aerial act that's 
world renowned and we're expecting about you know 5,000 people and I go sure now I knew that I didn't have the ability to do that but I knew people that did because I'm a part of a community that believes in that so I had Fred one of my team who's a great hip-hop dancer he put together uh, an incredible number from uh, from happy and so nice. from that song and so he it wasn't a Christian song it was a song that everybody knew and he got together with all in the gyms of so many different high schools in in Reading and he choreographed it for them they had over about a hundred different people join that and put that on during that event and then they said hey could you have a some sort of a a mural or something that people could interact with during this event it's going to be about (laughs) a four or five (laughs) and I said sure yeah you know me I said sure (laughs) so I so I got this guy that I knew was an incredible artist and he's also done murals and so he put together it was kind of like a giant 10 by 40 foot Wow. canvas like coloring book that was black and white and then we had markers we had different areas where people could like they could put in where they were in Sundial Bridge if they were on the bridge whatever and they could design it and we had over maybe about about 5,000 people join in on that and then that hung at City Hall for two years wow so those are just some stories of like what you can do to to just transform like the city because I wasn't thinking about what I, you know, what I wanted, it, it was not a Bethel event. It was not an event that had anything related to like, this is a Christian event. This is a, this is an event of celebration that creativity can bring in an honoring and kingdom way to bring about a sense of hope, but also a sense of celebration. Yeah. And I know, our, I just think of leaders of corporations and leaders of cities and they're, they're looking for what brands our identity? What, who, how do we communicate who we are? And the arts are, they hire and they pay so much money for really bad stuff. Yeah, and they do. I just think of like God <laughs> is anointing the artisans to come. Like every city needs a song. Every nation needs a anthem. You know, every, every yeah. corporation needs And if you just want to go on the artistic route where it's not commercial, it's like the whole world's looking for expression for what they're feeling. And so I love that. And you guys exploring the prophetic and having hundreds of people involved, you're seeing you're seeing those things that where we could be, I, I hate to use a Pentecostal term, but the head, not the tail in these areas, you know, we can help the church be oh, the yeah. head and not the behind the, the behind the scenes thing, but the actual upfront thing that where people build, we build trust with our communities or we build trust with different genres of people that would have never had that trust. If it wasn't for this art that emerges, it's wild. It's true. It's crazy. It's like when I when I went to the Philippines and I began to introduce to so many different churches there the power of the kingdom and the power of the prophetic and hearing God and touching the culture through creativity. It's like there was a, an incredible artist who just, I mean, was an incredibly talented man who we just prophesied. We prayed over him. We talked about his destiny. And he got, he's been able to do like huge murals all over skyscrapers and bring and, wow. and just build the kingdom into wow. the fabric of, of all of Manila. It's like, and then we had these, you know, the next year I came, they organized this huge like event in the mall, but they brought in their famous actresses, musicians, etc. And we were able to convert a whole like, like I would say about, man, probably about a thousand square foot area into like 
a place where people could encounter God. So we had tattoo readings. We had, we could do like a soul art. We could, we did things where they could get a a song sung over them. We had uh, face painting for kids, balloons. We had the, we had people like these musicians and these actresses tell their story and then people would just come to Christ. This was opened in a mall for an event that happened for three or four hours that was on the news because it was so successful. But it's that kind of stuff where we brought in an understanding of what the culture wanted. They wanted an encounter and they wanted people that they knew that they could celebrate in beauty, in excellence, in artistry. And then we just added in places where we could interact with them in a, a hearing God kind of situation. And then people just got completely rocked by God because they never thought that God knew their name, cared about them, or, or had a had a, 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 something for them. And so from this, like the Philippines has, I mean, the doors have opened up. We've been able to go to the government. We've been able to prophesy over like so many different leaders within the Philippines just because the because creativity is, is a way of them celebrating their their people in their in their um you know in their country so it's crazy well and i think um in restoring dignity back to the prophetic one of the things i've been looking at i'd studied this for my book the modern prophets and uh there's so many different types of prophets right and and i'm just kind of because i really do think you're a prophet i do think i think that's just one of your primary calls i think it's just hidden in the arts and and i think that when you prophesy through art it creates a neural connection and it creates a, a, a moment that something yeah. forms that is so much deeper than if it's just an intellectual experience Absolutely. or if it's just, you know, words that give you direction or something, it actually creates a, a connection point. And, and there's artists in, in the Bible. There's like Basileel was the first one who God ever laid hands on or God, I'm sorry, didn't lay hands on, but filled with a spirit to do something. And he was the chief artisan who built all the tabernacle stuff in the most excellent way that's ever been built before. And he was the first one who ever had the breath of God inside of him. Yeah. And I just think other than Adam, you know, and I think and Eve, I just think like what you're doing is so important. So kind of, I, I want to kind of ask you a couple other questions because I know you're not just an artist. Like I said, there is this prophetic calling in your life. I yeah. know that one of the most profound experiences you have ever had with God was about Rwanda. Yeah. And I want to hear about this. Yeah, that was crazy. So I was just like, minding my business going into our coffee shop called Hebrews in Bethel and this woman just stood out to me and I just began to I heard something about her life and the way that I operate is I just feel an impression in my uh, spirit I I sense something unique about a person and then I just kind of open up my mouth and I let God just speak to them and so I really don't know half of what I'm going to say until I start and so I just began to like release a word to her about her life and she fell in our coffee shop and the power of God just came upon her and so I was able to not only minister to her later but have my team of creatives minister through song and art in different types of ways and little did I know that this person was from the UN and she was a, a leader and that she had been asked to reform Rwanda and so she knew that she would that I was supposed to go there and help to bring healing to these genocide orphans that were catatonic that, wow. that this, the government didn't know what to do with. So I brought over uh, 50, thirty of my students, and we ministered to about seventy of these uh, these 
Rwandans and we taught them skills and then we took them on encounters of healing where they got to be adopted by Father God. They got to forgive the people that had or they had seen their families, you know, massacred. Just so many different things that we I felt led oh by the gosh. Holy Spirit to do. And afterward, they 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 now became like seamstresses, photographers, professional in, in all these different kinds of stuff and we track them and they just have grown so much and the the president said that this was one of the defining moments was just bringing in healing to his land just seeing what can happen through people being released to be creative and also wow. to bring the kingdom so it was crazy so it's like that that sparked me to to do something called create to be free which is like you know six different sessions to bring healing for people that have gone through loss or hurt. And so we've been able to take that to uh, Iraq and to the people that have been ravaged by ISIS and all over the planet to the sex slave trade. And I've seen so many people get healed because, you know, art's also a, a vehicle of healing, Oh yeah, which can like transform people that have been locked up and they can't talk about it because the memory started with an image. So so art helps to get back the truth of who they are in such an incredible way. That's so good. That's so amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell it's me one thing. Tell me um, one of the riskiest prophetic words you've ever given. Because you've ah. that's one of my themes this oh season on, on the show. You're a risky person. You've obviously done all this, and this is all pretty risky. But as far I as have. how do you define, like, I want to hear the story that you would say was risky. Because everything you do is pretty risky. <laughs> It is true. I, I do take a lot of risks. I, gosh, you know, I, I felt, I feel like the, the, probably the way that I have taken a risk the most is by like really stepping into a place where I see, I see what needs to happen and not backing down and then just stepping in and then letting God kind of ride in his coattails. So I, I Thing that happened is that I was in a situation where we were in this. It was it was this uh, village, and they had asked us to come, but just to come to like um, just to speak and just it was like it was an honorary thing. It was in fact it was in the Philippines again, so it was an honorary thing. So we were coming. The government asked us to come. So this was like high officials and stuff like that. And so we're there and all of a sudden I'm talking to probably about, I don't know, maybe 200 officials. And all wow. of a sudden I feel like I'm supposed to go after words of knowledge <laughs> and after. So I started to give people's names and they start to stand up. And then I said, if you have a problem with this in your back and they all start to get healed and my team is just like going crazy. So I, so this just happened. I mean, blind eyes are opening. I mean, crazy miracles are happening. And they say they don't want to stop. They want to continue, even though the, you know, the time is over. And I just saw this huge, like, mantle of what God was doing for the Philippines and for this, this one area. So these people, this church had taken its place. So the next year when I came back, I was going to speak to the mayor of the city and so I'm in the waiting hold, and so there's all these little cubicles, and the guy who saw this miracle before, he stands up, and in, in, his, in his dialect, Tagalog, he goes, 
hey, if anybody needs a miracle in their bodies, just stand up. We're going to see you get healed. And this is like a government-run thing. And all these little people's heads pop up. And the man who took us in there goes, well, I have a bad back. And instantly, he was healed. And then wow. we probably saw over, man, over probably about 45 people get healed in their cubicles. Wow. Then we saw the mayor. And one of my team had a word of knowledge for his back. And so we had a painting. We put it on his back. And he could not even bend over, and he was completely healed. Oh, my gosh. And now, so, explain that, though. What what was the painting that you put on his back? What does that mean? Okay, that means, like, what we do is just like when Paul's handkerchiefs healed people, we believe that God anoints whatever we create to bring healing and to bring transformation. So one of the team had just drawn a picture with a pencil about a, a back being healed. And so he just placed that right where the pain was on his back and instantaneously wow. all the pain left and he was completely healed. Oh my gosh. It's just crazy. I think that you don't understand like probably like the majority of people are listening right now are like, I've never heard of that before. You know, you get a word of knowledge through a drawing and then you yeah. release the drawing and you put the drawing on him and that's the virtue somehow comes through that to heal. That's crazy. It is crazy. It, I mean, it happens all the time. There is this uh, we tell the students to hear from god and so this one girl who was from england very proper english girl she, i just said just draw whatever god shows you and then just you know bring it to um, when we go on our on our trip and so she had never drawn before and so she drew this tree and she felt it was for when we were seeing this one guy who was an official in the government and she brings it in and the guy goes oh did you know that my name means is puno it means tree and did you know that this same tree is what is being planted? We just did a, a thing where there's a million trees being planted by prisoners. And this is the exact tree that we're doing to bring reform wow. for, for all of the Philippines. And she was just sobbing because she realized that she could not only like speak a word, but you can create a word through music or through art that then has a lasting impression. Obviously, he put that in his house. He was so moved by it. But that's the power of God. He's creative. I mean, he's creative in every way. And that's how we hear from him in so many that's different so ways. so good. I just, I'm thinking of one of my friends who's a businessman who has in his main corporate offices in Asia, the Hall of Memories. And he had an artist, uh, his mom's an artist. So she has her paintings displayed all over. And it's just so bright and cheerful in a really unique way in this kind of office, in this type of corporate setting. But the Hall of um, Champions, the Hall of Memories, you go through it. And you see all their accomplishments as a company, and then they dedicate a scripture to the accomplishment because every one of them is because of God. And this yeah. is a multi-billion-dollar national company, you know. And you walk through it, and you're just like, it's just it brings you into the identity of the company, and also it's a place of worship where you're like, God, you did this, yeah. you know. Like I could feel their legacy in the company. I thought if more of us understood how to incorporate like Thanksgiving and gratitude and connection and worship through the arts, which ground us in those things. Wow. Yeah. So I love, I just love who you are so much. And I hate yeah. that we're already done. I can't believe we've already just done 30 minutes. Like it's just, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> your stories are so unique and I have to have you back on because you have so many stories. Yeah. We just hit the tip of the iceberg. But how do yeah. people get a hold of you? How do people invite you? You do yeah. all kinds of, you have online courses, you, you go to churches, <laughs> you build communities. Tell I us. I do. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Sean, for having me on. So they would go to Teresa, that's with an H, and you can see it. Uh, but it's TeresaDeadman.com. And on that, yeah, you can invite me to come to your church and to do a creative conference, or 
You can also look at the online courses I have. I have created 28, 28 sessions to unlock your creativity where I share testimonies like what you're just hearing right now and then how you can be activated in that. And then I have Create Supernaturally, some, some also some courses that you can look at to grow both with your church but also in the marketplace and also for kids. And then I have uh, the one I talked about, Create to be Free, Six Sessions to Unlock and to Heal Your Heart. So I have those. And then I have books, Born to Create, which you can get on Amazon and other places and Cultivating Kingdom Creativity. So yeah, check it out. Oh, and I also have a webinar that's once a month. So I have oh, that good. that's on too. So my next one is February 5th. So it's next week. Well, I yeah. literally am on your website right now and I'm ordering your course on the 28 sessions because I need that in my life. Come on, <laughs> so I'm, Oh I'll, my I'll gosh, finish my transaction after. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, totally. I want it. It's like, I feel just whenever I'm around you, I, obviously I feel inspired. So I just, I want to go deeper in my own creativity and I just think it's, it's we're in, a, in an age where if we're not on the edge of God's creativity, then we're going to have our own results that our talent and skill can bring us to. That's right. We have to have this that the, what he can bring us to, not what we can bring ourselves to. Yeah, and so I'm just so, so inspired true. by you. Thank you so much for being on. We love you. Shreya, oh, I think you, the world Sean. of you. And I can't wait to see love you soon. You. Yeah, me too. Talk to you later. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles. I'm going to encourage you, continue the conversation with us and go to our public Facebook page. It's just my name, Sean Bowles, B-O-L-Z. And also come visit our website, bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. 